Sabbath, everybody. Come on, we could do better than that. Happy Sabbath, everybody. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, because it's in the house where there is hope. It's in the house where there is peace. It's in the house where there is joy. Anybody need a little joy this morning? Anybody need a little hope this morning? Just a little bit of encouragement this morning? Well, it's in the house, and so we're so honored, so blessed, so privileged to be able to come and worship the Lord on this beautiful Sabbath day. We want to just extend a hearty welcome to you who are viewing online, those of you who are in the physical space. We praise God for you, for your faithfulness, 
for your diligence, for your dedication, for your commitment. Amen. Um, and so we just give God praise, honor, and glory for just being an amazing God unto us. Just want to just take a moment just to say happy anniversary to all of those who are celebrating anniversaries. Happy birthday to all of you who are celebrating birthdays. Sometimes you end up leaving somebody out. Um, we have graduates this, this year. This is the season for graduation. So we celebrate all of our graduates. We praise God for you for making it through this milestone. We want to just continue to pray for you as you go even deeper in your education. So we praise God for you. Just want to remind our board members that on Monday we will be meeting at 7 o'clock. So we encourage you to mark your calendars as we will be discussing upcoming events um, at our next board meeting. Also want to remind you of our camp meeting. Um, there will be a session on Friday for those that will be traveling down to camp meeting where they'll have workshops for our clerks, our deacons, elders, um, different departments. So if you're looking to um, travel to camp meeting um, this year, um, they do have um, workshops available for you. Um, so we encourage you to take advantage of that. Also want to remind you of our upcoming GC session. Um, we know God is faithful. We know God is um, good. He's great. He's awesome. Um, as we will be receiving guests in our city. Um, so we just want to keep that event lifted up as well um, as individuals will be traveling from all over. Um, we know that God is truly um, in the blessing business. So as we continue to worship our time together, just want to encourage us, we lift up one another in prayer. Um, we have individuals that we do want to pray for, individuals that are dealing with health challenges, individuals that have been going through it. Um, but we know that the God that we serve will never take you to something or through something that he, take you to something that he can't bring you through. And so as we take this time now, as we bow our heads, as we approach God's throne, let's remember our sick and shut in. Um, let's remember those that had a desire to be here, but for whatever reason was unable to make it here. Let's remember our church um, as, it, as we continue to seek out our members. Um, we just pray that God will be done. So at this time, if you can just bow your heads with me as we go to the throne of God, let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so privileged, we're so honored, we're so blessed um, to be able to come before you on this here beautiful Sabbath day. We are so honored that you have allowed us, not by any happenstance or any accident, but Father, you were intentional when you allowed our eyes to open and our bodies to breathe throughout the night. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Um, as we come, God, we always ask that you will forgive us of our sins, ask that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and everything we say and do, Father will truly bring honor and glory to your name. For we recognize that there's nothing that we could ever do, but it's because of your grace and your mercy that was renewed every morning that we're here today. So, Father, do what you do today. Um, be with our sick and shut-in this morning, Father. We ask that you will cover um, Sister Marie, O oh God, and her husband Steve. Ask that you will cover, O oh God, and keep them in a very special way. Um, be with Sister Kathy this morning, O oh God, as... We lift her up in a very special way also, God. You know what she needs. You know the, the, the struggles that she's facing. We ask that you would just give her encouragement. Keep her lifted up on high. Be with Sister Elaine as well, oh God, um, as she too, Father God, need a touch from you. 
You know what she needs, Father. You know it better than any one of us could ever put words to. You know the deeps and the depths of her soul and her spirit. You know what points her and what pushes her and, and what prongs her, oh God. You know all of those things about your daughter. So we ask that you will cover and keep her. Father, we have uh, members, oh God, that we haven't seen in a while. We just want to ask that you will encourage them along the way. Um, let them know, Father God, that your house is a safe place, that your presence is the only place. And Father God, that whatever we do, we do it to bring honor and glory to your name. So again, God, thank you for those that are viewing online. Thank you for all of our family and friends that are here with us today. We ask that you will continue to have your way. Be with our service, oh God. Let your presence be made known here today. Do what you do, God. Have your way. And again, God, as always, we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Thank you again for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray that the people of God say amen and amen. Again, at this time, we'll hear from our stewardship department. church family Good morning. Good morning. you know sometimes we hear this phrase actions speak louder than words uh -huh. and it's like if you tell somebody that you're gonna call them you constantly saying I'm gonna call you I'm gonna get to you I'm gonna holler at you and you never do it well your actions just spoke louder than your words right uh -huh. or if you say man I'm gonna come by and visit you I know you in the hospital don't wait I'm gonna be there I'm gonna be there and then you never show up Action speaking louder than words. Or when we tell God that we're going to use our time, talent, temple, and treasure to serve him, and then we don't do it. Action speaking louder than words, right? Yeah. We really need to focus on how our actions are speaking louder than words many times. When we offer our services to God, we say we're going to do something, we have to follow through. We're talking about in Sabbath school how our actions speak louder than words. God hears every word we say, right? He has recording angels who are writing down our words. So when we say to God, I'm going to use my time, I'm going to spend more time in the word, I'm going to do more at Sabbath school, I'm going to participate, and then we don't do it, our actions are speaking, right? And when we say, God, I'm going to take better care of this temple that you blessed me with, and yet we still continue to do the things that we do that we know aren't right. That's our actions speaking louder than words again. Uh -huh. And we say, Lord, thank you for this beautiful talent. I'm going to use it for your cause and for your glory. And yet we just sit in the pews and don't use it. And then our treasure. When we promise God we're going to be faithful and honest in tithe and offering, and then we don't follow through. Our actions are still speaking louder than words. Whenever we realize that our actions have been speaking louder than words, we need to ask the Lord to come into our hearts to renew those vows that we promised to him and then to give us the strength, because it does take strength to overcome our actions, 
to give us the strength to be honest and faithful in the use of our stewardship abilities that he's blessed us with. He's promised he'll answer every sincere prayer. So let's not let our actions speak louder than our words. But let's ask God to make sure that our words and our actions both come together to be true and honest. Amen? Amen. Will our deacons come forward to lift our morning tithe and offering? And let us remember, all that we give back to God, he gave to us first. Nothing that we've done of our own, it all comes from him. And he just asks that we be faithful and honest to return just a portion back to him. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you so much for all the blessings that you continue to give us. We thank you so much for the time, talent, temple, and treasure that you've given to us. And bless us, dear Lord, to be faithful and honest, to return those blessings back for your service and your cause. Bless the tithe and offering which is being honestly returned and has been. We ask that you'll turn it from a worldly purpose to a spiritual purpose to spread this gospel message to all the world in this generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Please remember you can return through Cash App, dollar sign T-O-P giving. Also through AdventistGiving.org. And also you can return it to our treasurer as you see her today. Be blessed and be a blessing. Amen.
How great. taken by that one. I, I, I drifted. It took me to a place. How great. Sometimes words, words can't even begin to describe just how amazing, how great uh, God really is. Um, we're limited in our vocabulary and, and, and the words that we use to try to speak highly of each other are. We use the same words when we try to describe how great God is. Uh, you know, that was a great movie. You can't put God in the movie on the same level. You know, <laughs> you know, that was an amazing job that you did. No, 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 you can't use amazing and you on the same level with God. I don't know, we, we just, Lord, we need some other words to, to put us over here and, and you over there. But maybe when we get to heaven and we really speak in tongues, come on somebody, and we're able to speak in that heavenly language and we'll be able to really talk about how good God is and, and how much of a, how amazing he really is. I mean, you really can't compare when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're driving down the road and you you know, you have individuals that are on medication and some take the medication, some don't take the medication, but you in your car, you don't know, you don't know what's going on, on the, in the next lane. And, but, but God allow us to get to and fro our destination safely. And um, there are times for some of us, we've experienced a little fender bender, as we would call it, or my daughter would call it, they kissed um, but, but, but even in the midst of all of that, God is still an amazing God. He is still, he, he, there, there is none like him. And so thank you, praise team, choir, musicians for that song that ushered us into the presence of, um, uh, of the Lord. I know those that may be wondering, where is my better half? You see, I'm walking with a limp, leaning to one side. I need my, need my support system. <laughs> Well, she is away ministering um, at Northside, so we want to keep her lifted up in prayer. Um, we know God is going to use her in a very mighty way, a very dynamic speaker. I'm so excited for her. It's been a while. It's been a while since she's um, been behind the desk, but we know God is going to use her, and so we want to keep her lifted up in prayer um, as she ministers break the bread over there and we break the bread over here um, so I won't be before you long as I would like to try to get over there but I will not shortchange you just so you know just so you know I'm gonna give it all to you come on somebody <laughs> I will not shortchange you amen but we want to um, support her and um, we thank God for her so if you have your Bibles with you we want to go ahead and jump into the book of John chapter 6 John chapter 6, 
um, as I believe this is the where the Lord will have us pitch our tent and share the word of God from John chapter 6, beginning with verse 34. And when you have it, please stand with me in honor of the reading of the word of God. We will read these seven verses responsibly, which means that I'll read the verse, first verse, you'll read the second, and we'll go back and forth until we get to verse 40, and we'll read that together. Um, the word of God declares in John chapter 6, verse 34, and it says, then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread daily. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. Let's read verse 40 all together. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Today I just want to talk on a very familiar topic, the bread of heaven. The bread of heaven. Let us pray. Father, again, we thank you once again for allowing us to come into this holy place. As we now enter into the word of God, Father, we invite your presence even now to speak to us through thy word, for thy word is truth. We ask that you will break down walls, release the chains, set the captives free. I must now decrease, that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen again. You may be seated. The bread of heaven. In the sixth chapter of John, in which we've just read, um, we've learned that Jesus was having another one of his um, window-shaking, um, window-rattling conversations um, about manna from heaven. Uh, in Jesus' days, manna was a reminder um, to the children uh, of a specific time in history when the children of Israel was in captivity, when they were set free and were in the wilderness and they began to get a little hungry and they complained about all kinds of things and the Bible reminds us and shares with us how God began to then rain down manna um, for the children of Israel. Um, so every time Jesus says, uh, uh, began to talk about this manna, it reminded the children of Israel of, uh, of that history. Just say manna and, 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 and his listeners were was transported, if you will, uh, uh, back 1,300 years um, where they were fed this particular meal for 40 days. Now, I've kind of touched on this before of having this particular meal of manna for 40 days. Some of us, um, if you like my household, um, leftovers just don't go, amen? 
Uh, uh, some of us, after about two or three days, especially around Thanksgiving time, after you've done all you could with the turkey, come on somebody, don't leave me by myself. You've got turkey dressing, you've got turkey salad, you've made sandwiches out of it, you've done, done everything with it but threw darts at it. Come on, help me out now. Don't leave me out here by myself. But, 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 but each time, each time Jesus would talk about this manner, it, 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 it thrusted them back to that time each day there was that they were in the wilderness God fed these individuals bread from heaven bread from heaven Jesus Jesus masterfully if you will use this discussion about manna to teach them that 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 even though 1300 years had passed and they had settled in the promised land founded a nation constructed a capital, and built a glorious temple, life still felt like exile in the wilderness, and people were still hungry. They were still hungry for the bread. They were still famished for God. When Jesus walked through the dusty streets of Galilee, he saw individuals that were still longing Fulfilled for fulfillment. And, and it, as this great chapter of John opens, we find that Jesus is preaching to a hungry multitude. Now, um, back in uh, uh, chapter 1, I mean verse 1 of chapter 6, we see here that Jesus is now speaking and preaching and teaching. Now he realizes that a multitude of individuals have now gathered. They have gathered around and Jesus asked a question, not a question that he didn't have the answer to, but a question just to check in with his disciples. I mean, after all, you've walked with me, you've talked with me, you've observed some things. Surely you should know by now how we can deal with this situation. But the disciples, when Jesus asked a question, how shall we care for these individuals? Is there a way that we can feed these individuals how can we give them food how can we give them nourishment you know how the story go and one of the disciples spring out said you know uh, uh, two denarius and you know it's just not enough uh, for us to take care of all of these people if I can just put a pin right there uh, just to remind you and help you along the way uh, that there is never a number that Jesus cannot supply there is never a number of people or a situation or a problem that Jesus cannot handle. And so one of the disciples come back and let Jesus know, well, we do have a little lad. We do have one individual who have just two fish and five loaves, uh, just barley loaves, if you will, not the loaves that we go down to Walmart and you know how everybody like to touch and squeeze and I don't know what they're looking for, but I find myself, Sister Lynn, I, I, I find myself, Lynette, doing the same thing. Uh, I'm touching and squeezing. I don't know what I'm feeling. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm looking for the softness or I, I don't know. I'm just doing it because my wife does it. Sister Bev, she's going there. I saw the lady just the other day. I was in there and he touching and squeezing. So I figured let me touch and squeeze. And, and, and so I'm not talking about 
a loaf of bread that, 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 that we go to Walmart and go touching and squeeze. No, no. These were barley loaves. These were just small, just enough for this young boy to, to, uh, to, to, to satisfy his appetite. But you know how the story goes. Jesus, take these two fish and five loaves of bread. But you have to understand what the master is doing. He's basically setting the stage for what's going to come in, in, in the chapters, uh, in the verses that we've just read. Jesus is basically setting the stage as he feeds the multitude two fish, five loaves. Amen. With 12 baskets left over. Now he started out with two fish, five loaves, but he ended up with 12. I'm going to let you do the math on that one. Uh, are we talking about the bread of heaven this morning? And so Jesus, the multiplication of the loaves and the fish is the only miracle that we find that Jesus is, has recorded in all four of the Gospels. John calls it a sign or a symbolic event with many hidden meanings behind it. So Jesus is doing something special here. Jesus is doing something miraculous here. Jesus is is setting the stage to let the people know, to let the world know that I'm not just an average man. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not just an average man. So just about every, every, every one of us, every, every, every believer uh, has heard of this story here of the multiplication of the two fish and, and five loaves. But, but that's not what we want to talk about here today. Uh, uh, what we want to do, we want to just go a little further as Jesus the stage as Jesus makes it very plain and makes it clear because as we look at what he's done we talk about the two fish we talk about the barley we talk about the loaves uh, and we understand that this isn't the very the first time that someone has broke bread or has multiplied loaves uh, you can go back to the Old Testament if you will uh, and, and you can find there uh, of, of Elijah uh, who was there uh, who was Elijah's uh, success uh, 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 the greatest of all the prophets, Elijah, had multiplied flour and oil to save a widow and her son from starvation. Elijah did a little bit better, if you will, uh, than his master did by multiplying 20 barleys and fed over 100 individuals. But then Jesus comes on the scene and you have to understand that John's gospel, in John's gospel, Jesus multiplies two barley loaves and feeds 5,000, leaving 12 baskets left over. We're talking about a serious one-upmanship here. So here is one clear message that Jesus is a prophet greater than Elijah as well as Elijah. Just follow me now because if you go back um, uh, just a little bit, we find here that Jesus was compared to Elijah on a number of occasions. Uh, just remember the transfiguration when Jesus was there, uh, when Jesus was on uh, the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, where Jesus was being transfigured, and, 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 and the disciples looked, they had questions, they saw him talking to Moses, they saw him talking to Elijah, even Jesus asked a simple question, who do men say that I am. Who do they say that I am? Some said, Jesus, you're John the Baptist. Some said, you are Elijah. 
And so keep in mind that as Jesus was ministering, as Jesus was breaking this bread, as he was multiplying it, he was letting them know that I am greater than Elijah. I know you're looking for him. I know you're looking for him. Even when Jesus was hanging on the cross, uh, he said, Elia, Elia, la sabachthani. Who is he calling for? Could it be he's calling for Elijah? Well, let's just step back and wait and see if Elijah will show up. You see, they've been waiting on him. They've been looking for him and Jesus is by breaking bread and multiplying all of the, the, the um, two fish and, and five loaves letting them know that no I'm not Elijah but I'm greater than Elijah oh I just want you to know this morning that greater than Elijah is here Amen. That he's here. Uh, 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 but there is someone else I want us to be mindful of. Uh, you know the story of Moses. Uh, 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 Moses, this symbolic number which associated with Moses there are at least five books in the Bible. You say two fish, five loaves. So why the five loaves? You see, they was hung up on Moses. They was hung up on the teachings of Moses. They was hung up on the Pentateuch, the Torah, if you will. Uh, these five books of the Bible that they fed on supposedly, that they read supposedly, that they understood. But Jesus had to remind them that I am the nourishment, that I am the bread of life, the bread of heaven. So he is transforming the Mosaic law into something much bigger, something much greater and more nourishing. Moses predicted that God would raise up a prophet like himself in Deuteronomy. The people got the point. Jesus had to then slip away because they realized that this is a great man, an amazing man. And so they tried to make him their king. So Jesus slid away. Well, let us, let, us, let, us, let us get back real quick, if you don't mind. Just, 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 um, just, um, just um, work with me a little bit uh, as, we, as we look back uh, at these barley loaves. You see, you see, there is even more symbolism here in this probe. You see, barley is the first grain to be harvested in the spring. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread celebrated the first fruits of the barley harvest. And though, so Jesus performs this miracle as past over approaches and will go on later in John chapter 6 to explain that he himself is the bread of life. So Jesus is making statement you know we talk about how he took two fish and he fed 5,000 he took two fish on another occasion and he fed 4,000 but we have to understand the deeper meaning behind what Jesus is doing it's not just about feeding individuals but it's about letting you know that all of your nourishment all of your needs all of your desires is not found in physical food I'm here to satisfy your spiritual needs see most of us are thirsty. Most of us are hungry, but we're hungry and we're thirsty for the wrong things. But I just stopped by here to encourage you along the way to let you know that Jesus is the reason. That Jesus has now showed up to let us know that he will supply all of our needs. So after, after the fish, after the fish, Jesus Jesus told his his uh, 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 his his um, leaders his um, these individuals. He says he reminds them, "Labor not for the meat which perish, but for the meat which endures into everlasting life." You see, Jesus Jesus lets them know that 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 he is the bread of life. And then we look at these baskets. How how many? Why why twelve? 
<laughs> why, why 12 baskets left over 12? This, this mystical number symbolizes God's people. 12 tribes, 12 patriarchs, and now 12 apostles. The patriarchs of the new Israel gathering up the remnants of a feast that will be the new covenant meal of God's new people. For the celebration of their deliverance, the new food for the journey to the true promised land, which is heaven, not here on earth. So God is making a bold statement. Jesus is simply reminding them of who he really is. This remarkable miracle serves as a life-size illustration for a sermon that Jesus was now about to preach in the verses that we just read. Bread is a, a substance known and used by every last one of us. Now, one of my, one of my favorite meals, or one of my favorite bread, if you will, is hot water cornbread. I'm I know y'all know nothing about that. I know that just went right over there, y'all. That just whoop. You know, one of one of my favorites is hot water. I see, I see y'all in the back. Hot water corn. If I could eat that with every meal, come on, somebody. I could just eat that by itself. I can watch a movie and just eat hot water corn bread. <laughs> Jesus is saying, Jesus said, bread is the substance. Even that, even as much as we love bread, as much as we love to touch and feel, while some like meat and others don't, and then some like greens and, and others don't, most of us, if the truth be told, like bread. Yeah, most of us like bread. Uh, 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 but, but, but bread is one, is one of the few foods that can be tolerated by most digestive systems. Yeah. It can be tolerated. Never had anybody get constipated from eating bread. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Just trying to help us along the way. I know it, I know it. I ain't never heard nobody have, you know, I, I, I know, I know, I know. I, but, but, but let me move on here. Let me move on here. Uh, uh, we understand that, 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 that a slice of bread, a bread is good. It is, it, it, it is a food that most of us enjoy. Yeah. When all this is taken together, it is becomes clear of why Jesus now says, I am the bread of life. Now we begin to understand that bread is something. He didn't say I'm the meat of life. He, he, didn't, say, he didn't say I'm the, veg the, the vegetables of life. He said I'm the bread. I'm the bread of life. It, 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 is, it, it is what the whole world needs. He satisfies all those who partake of him. You see, the bread, this, this bread, this Jesus that we're talking about, he, he begins to, to, to show his personality as he began to break it down. He says that bread, heaven's bread, it is a person. Oh, 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 yes, it is. According to these verses, uh, the bread of heaven is not a system or a denomination, but it's a person. Uh, uh, this, is, this, is, this is true simply service to remind us that we can never be saved by some religious system or some religious method. Salvation comes through Jesus and Jesus alone. 
I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how you dice it. At the end of the day, the only way that you will find salvation is through Jesus, not through your dress, not through your dietary, which I'm, uh, you know, I, you know, I like to try to be mindful of what I eat. Help me, Lord. And, 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 and you know, but, 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 I, but I understand that in it and of itself, that's not going to save me. My dress, what I'm, how, how, I, how I conduct myself. I could be the nicest person on earth. But if I don't have Jesus, and I know some nice folk that feel that they don't need Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, none of us can get to the heaven, get to heaven without Jesus. I met a young man that told me one day, he said that he don't need Jesus to go to heaven. I told him, I said, oh, how can you say that, Doc? How can you say you don't need Jesus to get to heaven? I said, do you know where I live at? He said, no, I don't know where you live at. I said, so how are you going to get to my house? You've never been there before. How are you going to get to my house? He said, I can ask somebody. Okay, then. So who are you going to ask? You see, we need Jesus to get to heaven because none of us has ever been to heaven. How are you going to get there? You don't know the direction. You don't know which way to start walking because your show ain't flying nowhere. Come on, somebody. And your show won't be driving. You need Jesus and Jesus alone that's going to get you there. Jesus made it very clear. He began to show that, 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 that he is the bread that has, uh, uh, that, 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 that the bread is a person not only there, but Jesus lets us know that this, that, uh, that this bread, that Jesus, this bread, that, 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 that he is also, he also has power. Amen. Uh, uh, this, this, this heavenly bread has the power to save, power to secure, power to satisfy every sinner who becomes, who comes to him by faith. Jesus says, I'm the bread. I'm the bread of heaven. I have all power. He says, I'm the person that you need to connect with. I, I, I get it. You know some folk in high places, but they're not higher than my place. Uh, I know you know some, you have some connections. You got folk in your phone book and in your phone list and you and you got folk that that you know but I just want to let you know that if they're not connected to me then what you have is nothing Jesus says I have power not only that but he says that I have I, I Jesus the bread has has a promise these verses tell us that heaven's bread will give us life not just give us life, physically bread can do that, amen, but he said I'm giving you life that physical bread can't touch, physical bread has nothing over what I'm about to give you after time, you know, the body will, 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 will do quite well uh, without food. Many of us have fasted before. Many of us are still working on that fast. But amen. But, 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 but at the end of the day, we can go a couple of days or two without food. But you can't go without Jesus. You need Jesus. Uh, he gives a salvation uh, uh, that lasts for all of eternity. Nothing can ever take away, uh, 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 take away from, the, from, the, from the children of God. The simple fact is this, uh, that every person who places their faith in Jesus for salvation is going to live forever. Jesus has given us this promise. 
Jesus also, the bread of heaven, heaven's bread has a price uh, before heaven's bread can be enjoyed by us. Amen. It must be received by us. Let me put it this way. In order for the bread to be uh, enjoyed by sinners, amen, uh, it must be received by sinners. Uh, okay, let me say it. You're still looking at me. In order for this uh, bread to be enjoyed by you, amen, it must be received by you. Must be received. This is a simple, is as simple as that. Uh, 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 many seem to stumble right there. They feel like they, can, like they can live a righteous life apart from the one who is righteous. I never could understand that even though I tried it in my own lifetime, uh, tried to walk without him, tried to live without him, I tried to even think without him. And I can't understand. You can't move without Jesus. You can't function without Jesus. I don't know. We've tried it. I don't know what makes us think that we can try to live our lives without the one who gives you life. I don't know what makes a tree or a branch think it can survive without the tree. I never understood why we would get that in our thinking. That I can function without him. But Jesus says, I am the bread of heaven. Uh, there is a price uh, that has to be paid. In other words, to make his sacrifice and, and the salvation, he offers a reality in your life that you must come to him by faith and be born again. There is a price. Uh, there is a price that we all have to pay. None of us come this way in and of our own selves. Uh, we all have to give up something. We all have to let go of something. We all have to deny some things. Uh, none of us can come to Jesus the way that we are and stay the way that we are. He accepts you the way you are. He says, come to me just as you are. Don't worry about trying to clean yourself up because the truth of the matter is you can't clean yourself up. Don't try to fix yourself up because you can't fix yourself. Just come to me just as you are and let me clean you up. Let me wash behind your ears. Let me be the one that scrape underneath your arms. Let me be your dental hygienist. Let me get your mouth right. Let me be the one that take care of you. You trying to do it yourself, you're only going to make matters worse. You're only going to mess it up. Amen. Many have tried and many have failed. You cannot do this by yourself. Jesus says, I'm the bread of heaven. I'm the one that will sustain you. I'm the one that will keep you. I'm the one that will hold you. Not only that, but Jesus not only lets us know that he is the bread of heaven and showing us his personality, but I'm going to end with this right here. He lets us know uh, uh, the presentation of this bread. He illustrates it by this miracle. First of all, he illustrates it by feeding the 5,000. Jesus presented a type of himself. He is shown caring for the multitude, providing for the multitude and, and satisfying the multitude and implicating is this, that, that, that Jesus, like the physical loaves and the physical fish is sufficient for the need of mankind. Jesus is the all-sufficient Savior. He's the one now. Notice every man took as much as they would then after they had filled themselves the Bible says that there was still an abundance 
abundance left over that Jesus says there is enough to go around get as much of me as you want get as much of me as you need don't worry about anybody else worry about yourself get yourself straight take what you need and there is enough for me to cover everybody else to get enough and then a little more and 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 a little more Jesus says there is enough of me to go around I'm not just gonna give you just what you need but I'm gonna give you above and beyond what you will need that's the kind of God that we serve the God that give us more than what we need I praise him just right there for that because he could have stopped it 10 years ago he could have stopped it 13 years ago but God said I'm gonna give you more than what you need because I want you to know that I'm better than good and I'm gooder than great and I'm greater than amazing and I'm more awesome than that because I am he who always was and always will be and there never will be a time when I'm not the kind of God we serve so Jesus is making a bold statement right here while he's feeding the 5,000 and while he's showing them that yes I took the two fish. Notice the little boy kind of faded out the picture. Notice we don't even hear about the lad anymore. Notice that Jesus shifted this thing now and let them know that it's not about that. So we easily get caught up and stuff. We want to, we want to, we want to, we want to give everybody, you know, accolades. The little boy came with the two fish and the five loaves and the little boy, or with the little boy hat and showed up. Let me explain something to you. The little boy showed up because it was by the God's divine intervention. God set that thing up when that little boy woke up this, oh, I wish I had my help right there. When mama was in the kitchen fixing the little boy basket, the little boy had no idea that God was setting him up uh, to feed over 5,000. The little boy was just doing uh, what he thought that he was to do uh, by showing up at this amazing event because he heard that Jesus was going to be there. I don't know if he was there to get healing. I don't know if he was there just to get a word. I don't know why the little boy was there, but I do know why the little boy was there. I don't know why the little boy was there, but I know why the little boy was there because God sent him there with two fish. Five loaves because God was about to show the world another side of him. Oh, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. And not only that, this, this miracle, Jesus now shifts. As I said, I'm, I, I'm shutting it down. Uh, uh, this here miracle, now Jesus illustrates not only the miracle, but now he illustrates by the manner. Jesus came, uh, uh, the Jews came to Jesus and requested a miracle. Uh, oh yes, they did. They requested a miracle and they reminded Jesus of the Old Testament miracle of the manner. They tell Jesus that Moses gave 
saved the children of Israel, man. Um, oh, if I can just stop right there and help your mind out right quick. Um, uh, you do know that Moses didn't give them nothing. Amen. Moses was down there with the Israel just like the other Israelites. He was digging and picking and plucking. He was like everybody else. He was, he was looking like they were looking. It's amazing how sometimes we look at the preacher or the teacher and we think they got all the answers. But let me help you along the way. Uh, I don't have all the answers. Uh, but what I do have uh, is the one that is able uh, to give me the answers. So what I can do to help you uh, is to point you up in the right direction. So Moses was just as excited. Moses' stomach, his bread basket, if you will, was just as empty as the next person. So while they was trying to remind Jesus, they failed to realize Jesus was already there. Uh, you don't need to remind God about how creation began when he the one that did the creation. How are you going to remind God how man was made when he the one that breathed life into man? They're going to remind Jesus. I'm going to help you out, Jesus. You know, Moses, he fed, the, he fed folk in the wilderness. Amen. Uh, uh, he, he fed them manna. And they tell Jesus that Moses gave the manna and they went to know, they want to know uh, what he is going to do. Uh, well, well, what are you going to do, Jesus? Moses gave us manna. What you going to give us? It's a bold statement. It's amazing how we come to God at times. So Christ's response is to remind them first and foremost that Moses was not responsible for the manna. But it was the provision of God. You see, he goes on to tell them uh, that the true bread from heaven is a person. Mm. In fact, it is Jesus himself who is the bread of life. Jesus was, as we were saying, that the manna was a type of himself. Don't get it twisted. You want to try to throw Moses up? Well, let me help you out. Moses only is because I am. Mm. You see, you see, you see, let me, let me help you out along the way here. Oh, I'm going to shut it down. I know I said I'm going to shut it down. I said I'm going to get out of here, but it's getting good to me. Lord, pray for me, somebody. You see, this manna was small. It was small. This speaks of Christ's humanity. You see, he was born in a king's palace, but yet he was born in a manger. Amen. Amen. It was, it was round. This speaks of Christ's eternal nature. You see, Jesus did not have his beginning in Bethlehem. Uh, let me help you out along the way. Uh, but he was all, he has always been. Uh, for John 1 tells us uh, that in the beginning was the Word. Uh, and the Word was God. Uh, and the Word was with God. Uh, you see, Jesus is the eternal Son of God. Uh, there has never been a time uh, when he wasn't. Uh, and there never will be a time uh, when he will not. Uh, for he says that he is the I am. You see this manner, this this manner. Why you want to throw this manner up? Uh, 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 you 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 Jews. Why you want to try to throw manner at me? Jesus said, "Don't you know that 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 manner? It was white." 
Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the pigment white, but I'm talking about this reminds us of the sinless, holy nature of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. He was born without sin, lived without sin, and died without sin. He was impeccable in his character. Jesus is the sinless God. You have to understand that there was intentionality when God sent down the manna. It was round. It was white. It was small, but guess what? It came at night. That's right. Jesus came in a world lost in spiritual darkness and gave them light and life. You see, you have to understand as Jesus began to talking about I am the bread, he's laying the foundation through the manna, letting them know that everything is built on me. But not only did it come at night, but the manna, when it came down, it was misunderstood by those who found it. Oh, yes, it was. Amen. They called it manna, which means, what is it? Uh, Jesus was misunderstood by the very people that he came to save. John 1, 11 says that he came into this world uh, and the world received and I came into his own and his own received him not. By the way, he is still misunderstood today. He is more than a teacher, more than a preacher, more than a, 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 a prophet, a more unfortunate man who got himself killed he's more than that but he is the son of God he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he, it was, it was this, this, this man of just like Jesus it was sufficient for every man's need it was, it was sweet to the taste Oh yes, this is, this, is, this is why we are encouraged by David. David who said, oh, taste and see. Hey, oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Yeah. It was to be kept and passed on to others. Jesus had to let us know that what I've come to do, I didn't come just to, just to make a name for myself because my name is above every name. He said, I didn't come just so that I can boast in my own glory. Because I already have angels that are bowing down. I have angels that are standing by right now. All I got to do is say the word. And they'll come down here and shut it all down. So I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about anything. So I didn't come to appease myself. He said, I've come to come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. You see, equating himself with the bread, Jesus, number one, is simply saying that he is essential to life. Number two, the life Jesus is referring to is not physical life, but eternal life. I want to help you along the way before you go home looking into your cabinets. I want you to realize that Jesus is talking spiritual here. Not only that, but Jesus, number three, is making another claim to his deity. This statement is the first of the I am's. In other words, in John's gospel, the phrase I am and the covenant name of God, Yahweh or Yahweh, reveals to to Moses at the burning bush. In other words, I am that I am. Yahweh. Breathe in. Breathe out. 
You see, just to say the name is a life within itself. <gasps> the phrase speaks of self-sufficient existence, which is an, an, it is an attribute only connected to God's. Uh, number four, notice the word, come and believe. Uh, uh, this is an invitation for those listening to the place uh, uh, for faith in Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God. Uh, this invitation to come uh, is found throughout John's gospel. Coming to Jesus involves making a choice. Uh, uh, making a choice to forsake the world and follow him. Everybody that comes to Jesus have to leave something behind. You cannot come to Jesus and stay the same. You have to shed some stuff. You have to let go of some stuff. Be it your attitude. Be it some friends. Be it some habits. Be it some places that you used to go. There are some things that we have to get rid of. Coming to Jesus involves making a choice. And believing in Jesus means placing our faith in him and in him alone. So it's not enough to just come to the church house. You got to believe in the reason why we come to the church house. Oh, I wish I had my help right there. It's not enough to just come. Now you got to believe. So my question is, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he is able? Do you believe that he is a keeper? Do you believe that he's a deliverer? Do you believe that he have it already worked out? Why your little brain trying to figure it out. Uh, do you believe that he is a sustainer? Do you believe that he is a provider? Do you believe? Do you believe that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he said he will do and that he is the only one who can do it? Not only that, <laughs> But there are words Jesus, Jesus says who hunger and thirst. Jesus, Jesus is talking about alleviating physical hunger and thirst. Oh, 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 oh yes, oh yes. Uh, uh, this, is, this is not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about alleviating a, a physical hunger and thirst. The key is found in the other statement Jesus made back in his sermon on the mount, uh, back in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, where Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, for they shall be filled. Uh, when Jesus says those who come to him will never hunger, and those who believe will never thirst, he is saying he will satisfy our hunger and our thirst to be righteous in the sight of God. If you have a desire to be whole in the sight of God, if you have a desire to be righteous in the sight of God, Jesus said, I have the authority as the bread of life, as the bread of heaven to give you just that and you will never be hungry again. See, God created us with eternity in mind. He says, I am the bread of life. It's one of heaven's, it's one of the, it's one of the seven I am statements that Jesus made. Jesus used the phrase I am and seven declarations about himself. I am. I am. And all seven he combines I am 
with a tremendous metaphor which expresses his saving relationship towards the world. All of these are found right here in the book of John where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Um, as bread sustains physical life, so Christ offers and sustains spiritual life. I am the light of the world. Um, to the world lost in darkness, Christ offers himself as a guide. I am the door of the sheep. Jesus protects his followers as shepherds protect their flock by predators. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. You see, death is not the final word for those who are in Christ. I am the good shepherd. Jesus is committed to caring and watching over those who are his. I am the way the Bible says, the truth and the life. Jesus is the source of all truth and all knowledge about God. I am the true vine. Jesus is saying by attaching ourselves to him, we are enabled. He, he enabled his life to flow in and through us. Then we cannot help but to bear fruit that will honor our father. He cares for he, 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 he carries us. He promises and he performs. He acts and he accomplishes. He forgives and my God forgets. I don't know about you. I'm so glad that he chose to be the bread of life. The bread of heaven. The bread where I don't have to want no more. Bread that I don't have to be hungry anymore. Bread where I can come to him and know that he have my best interests at heart. He is the bread of heaven. He's the one that will keep you. He's the one that will sustain you. He's the one that's going to hold you when everybody else have ran out on you. That's why we do this. Not because of mama. Not because of daddy. Not because of brother, uncle, sister, husband, or wife, cousin, or niece. We do this because of our love and commitment to God. So if my wife decides she want to go the other way, I'm in here to stay. I'll pray for her. And not when she leaves. But I pray for her now. And not if she leaves. But I pray for her now. I pray for my children. I pray for my mama. Because I understand that this is what I do. It has a profound effect on individuals that I haven't met yet. Just like that little boy showed up, he had no idea. The truth of the matter is we are here. And I believe that everybody in here, it was God's plan. Nobody sitting in here is supposed to be somewhere else. But you are here because God designed you to be here to let you know about this bread. I'm going to invite the praise team up as I take my seat. There may be somebody here. There may be somebody here. 
you haven't, you haven't, you haven't solidified your relationship with God. You, 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 you haven't, you haven't connected with God. There is still some decisions and choices that need to be made. I refuse to leave this sanctuary today feeling the presence of God all in these buildings, all in this building, without giving you that opportunity to give your heart to Christ. If you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Today is your day to experience the bread of heaven. You may have made a decision 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe even five years ago, maybe even four years ago, and COVID came along and you turned your back, you started doing some other things, you kind of got sidetracked, if you will. And you want to renew your commitment. You want, to, you want to make your way back to God's saving grace. I want to encourage you to meet me down front. Let's have a word of prayer. I don't want none of us to leave here without having that assurance that if Jesus cracked the sky right now, you would be excited to see him. For so many years, I've heard individuals say, oh, no, Jesus can't come back right now. I says, you know, there's still some work to be done. Let me explain something to you. <laughs> he can come at any moment. And if you're still waiting, stuff you still got to get right. If you've been trying to get that thing right for the past 13 years. You know how we do it. We pray over stuff. We've been praying on our attitudes for the past five years. We've been praying over, over certain things. God is saying, let me explain something to you. I'm the only one. I am the only one. You can't do it. That's why you're still struggling with it. Because you're still trying to do it yourself. You're still trying to quit. You're still trying to stop. Instead of letting God take it from you. Oh, I know about it. I know about going back to the bottom. I know about trying to walk past the drug house, but yet I find myself knocking on the door. Why? Because I kept trying to do it. But when I finally, my sister got tired. Got tired got sick and tired I got tired of the devil using me making a fool out of me my friend John what you gonna do today you gonna drink with us or you gonna preach to us you can't do both and I finally got rid of it I finally said Lord you take it Lord you handle it Lord you deal with it and then when I showed up I put heads to bed because they were expecting me to do one thing and I did something different. I just mixed and mingled with them like Jesus. Didn't judge them. Nah, nah. I ain't talk about them. Nah, nah. 
I ain't make them feel bad. No, no, no. I just showed up in the room, and over a course of time, guess what they start doing? They start hiding the bottles. Okay, here come John. Here come John. I ain't have to say a word. I just step in the room. I just show up. It got to the point to where they wouldn't even invite me to places. Where at first I used to feel bad. Why don't they invite me? <laughs> she said, I'm glad. Yeah. I used to feel bad. Why don't they, you know, my friends? And the Lord had to let me know those aren't your true friends. Mm -hmm. So I let it go. I ain't go to no rehab. I, well, I went to Jesus rehab. Yeah. It's been over. It's been over. 26 years. Praise the Lord. Look at God. Look at God. Is there one? I'm going to have to go. I got to go. I got to go. But I want to give you that opportunity. Is there one? Is there one? Father God, again, we thank you once again for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. Well, you understand and recognize, God, that you are the bread of heaven, that you came to show us that you can take care of all of us. As we look at the physical food, you said, I got you spiritually. I'm going to take care of you on both ends. But I need you to trust me on the other end. You're comfortable with the one end. You're comfortable in the physical. I need you to trust me on the spiritual. Let me be the light that shines in your heart. Trust me. Even when it seems like things aren't working out. Trust me. Pray. Call on my name. Don't, don't, don't throw in the towel. But look to me when trouble comes. I know I'm talking to you. Hey, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. But this is the way of the cross. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we put our hands together to the Lord in his house? Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for that beautiful message today. Amen. Now let's go and tell the world about the bread of heaven sent down from glory. He is the living word. Now let us stand as we are dismissed from this place, but never from the Lord's presence. Lord, we thank you for showing up today and being that bread of life. Lord, bless us and keep us throughout this day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.